Ladies and gentlemen, for our first interview of the episode, a long-awaited interview, we have Coach Burton. How are you doing today? I'm good, and yourself? I'm good. Thank you for joining. I know you're going through a lot of formations and rotations and setting up for your next playoff game. So let's get into it. First off, you won Conference Coach of the Year recently for Nassau AA2. Yes. How did it feel to win that award? Well, it feels great, but uh, every time I win the award, I, I, I always give it kudos to my players. You know, my players work hard, they do what I ask them to do, and um, I'm only as good as they are. And because of your players, you boasted a 15-4 and record going undefeated in conference play. You notched your 10th straight playoff appearance and your ninth conference championship in 10 years. What do you expect from your squad going into the postseason? Um, truly, I expect to win a county championship. Um, we speak about it every day. It's been three years too long. Um, we got a good group this year. They're working hard, and uh, we're going to take it one game at a time. But our ultimate goal is to win a county championship. And including in that group is Isaiah Walker and Lance Henry, who have been named Newsday Top 100 Performers. How have they met or exceeded your expectations this season? Um, I'll start with Isaiah Walker. Um, as you know, he received uh, the votes for all county and also conference player of the year. He was unanimous conference player of the year. Unanimous. Yes. Um, he averaged only nine points, uh, 10 rebounds, three assists, three steals. He's a stat stuffer. He broke the school record this year with 34 charges in 19 games. The record was 17. Um, he basically just puts it out there. You know, he's not a guy worried about scoring, but he does what the team needs to win. You know, he's a defensive guy. Um, he sacrifices his body by taking charges. He had five charges in the game one time. And, um, you know, I'm truly blessed to have a player of his talents. He's been a three-year varsity player, two-year varsity starter, and he's uh, exceeded expectations. Uh, Lance Henry, captain, two-year varsity player, um, starter this year, uh, very good scorer. Uh, he has, uh, I believe, 37 threes uh, for the season. He was voted all-conference. Um, but he's uh, shot the ball very well and can definitely score the ball. And adding on to that talent is Trayvon Blackett, who some would argue should be a starter, should be coming off the bench. How do you manage his demands and what you need for the team? Well, the bottom line is always look at the total picture, you know, what the team needs. You know, whether he's starting, whether he's coming off the bench, we have to do what's best for the team. Um, he plays starter minutes. I don't look at who's starting, who come up to the bottom line, he plays, and he's done a very good job, especially the second half of the season. He's been arguably uh, the MVP the second half of the season. Um, he can handle the basketball, he can score the ball. He's a very good athlete, very good defender, um, and probably arguably the hardest worker in practice every single day. And obviously Trayvon is a huge part of the success, especially in the second half of the season, as you mentioned. But one glaring stat about your team is, according to the New York Sports Writers Association boys basketball rankings, you guys have a one in three record against teams that are ranked in those rankings or part of an honorable mention. What has been some of the struggles that your team has gone through and how do you look to correct them going through the postseason against tougher teams? Well, my non-league schedule is one of the best around and I did that purposely. No doubt about it. We started with the first game of the season we played Newburgh Free Academy who's only lost one game we lost by six we were up five in the middle of the fourth you know um, in New York State you know they're ranked number four in the state um, we just didn't know how to close the show it was our first game we were two weeks in but um, we were blessed with the challenge but we came up short um, our second loss was uh, Cardozo 
who was undefeated in Queens at 24-0. They actually just lost this week their first game to Queens High School of Construction. Um, they were ranked uh, number five in, in the state. And we were only down by two against them at halftime. We wound up losing by eight once again. Uh, Isaiah Walker fouled out with about three minutes left in that game, and we just couldn't close the show. Um, another loss was Brentwood. Um, they only have one loss. Um, probably the top-ranked team other than Luhai on the island. Um, basically, we lost by 19. That was only a really true blowout, and that was due to our start. So we were down 24-4 at the end of the first quarter, and the last three quarters we played them even. I think we were a little scared, a little shook up at the beginning, and they realized that uh, they're human. They bleed just like us. Uh, we, we wound up playing ball. You know, we cut it to eight two times in the fourth quarter, but can't go down 17 against a team like that. And they're ranked about... Uh, six in the state and the last loss was Northport uh, we played them the day before we played Brentwood uh, we just got off to another slow start we were down 18 with about 10 minutes left and wound up missing a shot at the buzzer that could have tied it another very good team Northport they only have one loss to Brentwood um, we were right there with them but like I said we got off to another slow start uh, I think the key is confidence with this team. I realize that they can play with anybody. Don't worry about the name across the other team's chest. And once they realize that they can play ball just like them, then we get going. But we need to know that right from the beginning. Don't wait till we get out there and start playing against these these top opponents. And knowing for your playoff bracket, you're the number two seed. The money matchup is obviously Baldwin versus Uniondale. Have you even thought about the possibility of a county championship game between the two, or are you just trying to take it one game at a time? I take it one game at a time. Um, to be honest with you, I told you all ultimate goal is a county championship against who, you know, we'll see. Um, yes, Uniondale is the one seed. They have won the county championship the last two years, so they definitely have something that we want to get. And as I see right now, you have your rings on your fingers. How is your coaching style and consistency something that has kept the Bruins so good over the past decade? Like I said, I've been blessed with talent in this community. I always wanted to give back to the community that was good to me. As you know, I, you know, I went to Baldwin, played for Baldwin. Um, but basically, you know, I try to instill to these players how I, things that were instilled in me when I was a player. You know, I tell them every day, you know, um, I coach how I, w I was taught to play. We're going to play hard, we're going to defend, and we're going to do the things that we need to do to win basketball games. And, uh, you know, I've been truly blessed with the talent, which is key, and these boys are willing to work not just three months, but all year round. And going back to your coaching style again, one thing that people seem to notice or people seem to assume is that the Bruins offense heavily relies on a three-pointer. How valid is that statement? And if true, how do you adjust to shooting struggles during the game? Well, you know, I'm always under the belief our best offense is our defense. You know, we get a lot of points off turnovers, um, you know, quick shots, make teams feel uncomfortable. Um, this year's team, yes, we, are, we have guys that can really shoot the ball. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I wouldn't say the word. We wouldn't rely on the three-point shot. I have guys that can shoot it. They do have the green light to let it go. But our number one offense is our defense, and I'll preach that every single day from the 20 years I've been coaching. Going into the playoffs, what would you say is the identity of the team you have right now? Defense. Uh, through 19 games, we, we're averaging. We're only giving up 48 points a game. Last game of the season, we only gave up 20. You know, we're stressing the importance of defense. You're not going to make every shot, but you can defend every single possession and make it difficult for, for teams every single possession. So, um, you know, I'm always under the belief defense wins championships. You know, we're averaging 64 points a game. We're giving up 48 with a plus minus of 16. So I feel like we can defend the way we're capable of. We could go a long way. 
How are you looking to intensify practices to improve those stats now that it's crunch time? Well, like I told the kids, um, it's a new season now, you know? Move, win, you move on, lose, you go home. So, uh, you know, we got two weeks to prepare for Plainview. You know, the kids are working hard, they're loose. I'll give them a few days off in this long 18-day stretch. Uh, we'll have a couple of scrimmages set up. And uh, we'll get after a little bit amongst each other. Move, you know, uh, five or six JV kids up just to spicing it up a little bit. But uh, we'll be ready to go on the 26th. Yeah, there's no doubt from me or clearly you or the community that you guys could definitely bring home another championship. I agree that it's definitely been too long since we've had another ring come to the school. But now looking over to you now, sports has always been a huge part of your life. And that begins with the fact that your father was a high school sports coach. How has seeing him coach when you were younger impact your coaching career now? Uh, he's definitely the number one person that's impacted my coaching career. You know, my father coached me at an early age. You know, he coached at Lawrence High School. Um, he was a teacher for 31 years. He was a coach for 28 years. He coached three sports. And I just watched how he taught kids on and off the field, on and off the court. And, um, you know, he was a very big disciplinarian. And, uh, you know, I try to follow the same way I was raised. I try to input the, <coughs> the same system amongst these kids. And if we're flashing back to the past even more, you're a 1993 graduate of Baldwin High School. In 1991 and 1992, you were named Nassau County Boys Soccer Player of the Year, as well as your achievements in basketball. Talk to me about your high school experiences as both a soccer player and basketball player. As far as soccer, you know, Pete Demarcus was my soccer coach. I was a four-year varsity player, a four-year varsity starter. I was a two-time All-American in soccer. Um, um, I loved it here, you know. My sophomore year, my, excuse me, my freshman year, my junior year, we lost in the championship. My freshman year, we were ranked as high as seventh in the country. We had a terrible county final game in a thunderstorm rain, and we, we lost a terrible game 2-1 that I still remember to this day. But, um, you know, soccer was great. I could have went anywhere in the country for soccer. Um, you ask anybody, I was probably better in soccer, but my love, my heart was basketball. As far as basketball, I was a four-year varsity player also, also four-year varsity starter. Um, I was player of the year uh, my senior year. I was an All-American my senior year. Uh, all Long Island also, uh, as well in my senior year. Uh, my senior year, we lost in the county championship. I still remember it to this day to Hempstead, who was, uh, they were the cream of the crop during my time. Um, Mr. Mike Cohen was my coach, who I took over for as a phys ed teacher and um, a coach. But I was blessed to get a, a, a college scholarship to Hofstra University, where I played uh, four years at Hofstra. And then I was blessed to get a, I played one year in the ABA in Morristown, New Jersey. And I was blessed to get a soccer scholarship for my, pay for my master's at Hofstra as well. And obviously anywhere or any school, you can find multi-sport athletes, but to find a multi-sport athlete who was both successful at the highest level for both the sports is pretty much unthinkable. How did you manage to have such a high commitment to both of these sports while obviously juggling your schoolwork, your family, extracurriculars, and all, anything of the sorts? Well, to be honest with you, you know, I have to thank my parents. Both my parents were both educated. My mother at John Adams High School for 34 years. And like I said, my father at Lawrence for 31 years. You know, they preach education first. So if I wasn't doing my, what I was supposed to do in school, there was going to be no extracurricular activities. Um, but time management was key, you know. But like I said, I was raised a certain way where I knew that I had to handle my business and get my priorities straight in order for me to be successful in the classroom. That was first, as well as be successful on the field or on the court, which was second.
And when you graduated, going back to soccer now, you were named the 20th best incoming college soccer player by the Soccer News. Did the amount of pressure and expectations attached to your name make it hard to perform at the Division One level? Not at all. I was always under the, the, the temperament of I never feel pressure, you make the pressure. You know, I took all the stuff to a, to a level head. You know, I never let it get to me. I always knew I had to keep working to get better and better. I always knew that somebody out there was better than me, and if I wanted to be as successful as I was, I knew I had to work every single day at that craft. And back at Hofstra, you were named the quote-unquote oldest rookie of the year. Where did that nickname come from? I'm guessing because you're a graduate student and considering you got a scholarship at that time, you still were dominant anyway, so. Basically, like you said, you know, I played four years of basketball, I graduated, and I, I got my masters at 23 years old. The soccer coach had always wanted me to play both during my tenure at Hofstra, but um, I felt playing for Jay Wright, who, who's now a successful coach at Villanova, with his time, commitment, and demand, it was just too much, so I never even thought about playing two sports at the same time at Hofstra. So when I did finally say okay, um, I was a little scared to be honest. I hadn't touched a soccer ball in five years. So all that summer I got myself a trainer and I worked my butt off because I had never been a failure. And it was a big thing for me going back to the sport that people thought I was best at. So I, I worked my butt off and sure enough, you know, I wound up being the oldest rookie of the year. Yeah, and also with that, in the American East, the conference that you played with, you ranked third all-time in assists and steals for Hofstra. So in those years, how did those awards, accomplishments, and experiences impact the player and coach that you are today? Like I said, you know, I just worked my butt off every single day. And I, you know, I had goals of going to the NBA, and I said if I wanted to do that, I had to work. I had to be different. What made me different? I was only 5'8". What, you know, I was at a mid to low level Division One school. You know, I had to be noticed, so I had to continue to work as hard as I could every single day. So um, I just said, I'm just going to do what I have to do, do the best I can, and uh, you know, God will put me in a place where I was. And you know, unfortunately, I didn't make the NBA, but I did get a look at the ABA. I played in the ABA for one year for Mars Revolution in Morristown, New Jersey, and I uh, still hold a record uh, for most assists in a game at 18 most assists in a game. Uh, third all-time, which I'm very proud of. After playing in the ABA, you had the opportunity to play professional basketball in Germany. Why did you elect to teach and coach and impact the younger generation instead of being a star on the court? To be honest with you, um, number one, the distance. Uh, number two, financially, I wasn't sure uh, how much I was going to be paid over there. And lastly, you know, I wanted to give back to a community that was good to me, and I wanted to follow in my father's footsteps. And knowing that you're a coach, you are right now the boys' varsity coach. You're a former girls' varsity soccer coach, former girls' varsity badminton head coach, and a former JV baseball head coach. How have you overcome some of the struggles and hardships that coaching all of these sports come with right now? It's tough. You know, you deal with a lot of different personalities. Um, you deal with a lot of different ups and downs. But one thing that I learned as being a coach, I was going to coach every team, every level, every gender, the same, you know, um, and put forth 110%, whatever sport I was in, whatever season I was in, I was gonna do. And when I felt like I couldn't give 110%, that's when I knew I had to let it go a little bit. Coaches though, unlike players, they, they don't only focus on the sport during the time that it's being played, but rather all year long, like who's coming in, who's leaving. How did you juggle thinking about basketball during the season and not thinking about it when you were coaching soccer? Well, I was always number one to that sport 
in which season I was in at the time. But to be honest with you, you know, basketball is my first love. Basketball we did uh, 12 months a year, but I have good people around you. You know, I'm only as good as my help. I have a great assistant coach, John Henry, who uh, has been with me for the last 10 years, and none of this would be capable of getting done without the help of him. So I knew when I'm in soccer and I have games and practices, he's running the open gyms. Um, you know, I would be there on the weekends, you know, at open gym. But I knew during the week he was handling the open gym. So have great help around me. You know, as far as the soccer goes, when I was in basketball, I had great guys like uh, Lee Rogers who uh, took over for me. The girls' soccer coach, he was my assistant at the time. And Paul Stewart, who was the JV coach, who's now the assistant coach, um, had great guys around me that we get these girls, you know, during the summer leagues and workouts. Um, they were there all the time, and I was truly blessed to have great guys around me. On top of that, how much, how hard is it coaching in Baldwin, knowing that you live so far away? It's tough. My parents still still live right around the corner. Um, unfortunately, I live in Quorum, about uh, 45 minutes away. So it's tough, you know. Um, I've been truly blessed with a lady who's been very, very uh, supportive and understanding of the time and hours that I put in into the sport and know that, you know, this is why I do it, for the love of the game and the love of the kids. But it's been tough. It's very long hours, you know, dealing with you know, late practices if there's sports night in the gym, et cetera. Um, it's pretty tough. But um, as long as I love it and as long as I'm going to give 110%, I'm going to keep doing it. And previously you talked about your dad and how him seeing him coach, it inspired you to be the person you are now. But who else throughout your coaching career or playing career has served as either a mentor or somebody that you look to in times of distress? Well, um, I can say God bless his soul. Butch Van Bredikoff, who coached in the NBA, coached the Lakers, coached uh, Will Chamberlain. Um, he actually taught me how to be a true point guard. In high school, I was just faster, quicker than everybody. I beat everybody down the floor. You know, he actually taught me how to read the game as like the quarterback of the team. I can honestly say that. He was my coach my freshman year at Hofstra. He recruited me for the last two years before I made my decision. And after that, I can honestly say Jay Wright, who I'm still very close with to this day, um, coached me the last two years at Hofstra. He's been a Villanova ever since. Um, he's guided me, uh, paved the way for me. And lastly, my AAU coach, Gary Charles, who actually lives in Baldwin. Um, he's been like a second father father figure to me as far as the coaching, and I could go to him anytime I wanted to, and I've been truly blessed to have these type of guys around me throughout my, my tenure. Knowing that you've gained all these lessons and experience, what is the biggest lesson you want your players to learn from you, not only on the court, but off the court as people? To be honest with you, you know, I just want them to aspire to be whatever they can be and do things the right way, you know, um, and to realize to achieve your goal, either on or off the court, you got to work hard. You got to give 110% no matter what it is and don't tell anybody, don't let anybody discourage you from reaching out your goal. Can you tell me your favorite moment, whether it was a play, as a player or a coach that you've experienced in sports? My favorite moment as a coach was probably in 2008 when we won the Long Island Championship against NBA star Tobias Harris. We were big underdogs, and that was the first time Baldwin had won a Long Island Championship. The first time I had won a Long Island Championship, and we were going upstate. As a player, I could truly say in high school at Baldwin, we played at Lawrence, and I had scored my 1,000 point at Lawrence in front of a packed crowd 
at the school where my father coached at. So it was great to do it in front of my father and all his uh, peers. That was a great moment. Is it safe to say that that 2008 championship was your favorite championship yet? Everyone's been great. All three have been great, to be honest with you. But that one was truly special because that was the first one ever in Baldwin history and the first one that I have ever had. And in the past, you've taken part in the Baldwin High School Mentoring Partnership Program, where you've taken a number of Baldwin students, both athletes and non-athletes, under your wing. What type of impact has building those relationships had on you as an individual? Well, to be honest with you, I'm all about helping kids. You know, you know, uh, the staff, faculty, even some of the student body has made fun of me. At one point, I might have had maybe nine mentees at one time. You know, I just. Love to build a rapport with kids and just let them know that I'm there for them through hard times and good times. And um, sometimes they need somebody to talk to other than their parents. And uh, I'm all about that. And obviously, your biggest goals of the season on the season is to win a championship. However, do you have any personal goals that you look to achieve? Whether it's when your time as a coach comes to an end. Well, I've gotten numerous accolades, but to be honest with you, I'm all about team. Maybe once I retire and I look back of all the personal things I've accomplished, you know, I'll probably be very proud. But to be honest with you, every year my goal is team-oriented about how far can this team go and can this team set the next standard. We've won three Long Island championships. I've lost in the state semifinals three times. What team can, can make it to the state finals? That's the ultimate, ultimate goal now. For my last question, 2008 championship, 2012, 2016, if you do the math, 2020, why can this team win a championship? This team has everything that you could ask for to go upstate. We have depth, we have team chemistry, we have speed, we have quickness, we have size, we have athleticism. Um, they're like a sponge, you know. I feel like these kids will go through a brick wall for me, which I love. Um, and they truly love the game, and I think they realize what's at stake but we have to take it one game at a time. And your first playoff game, I believe, is February 26th. Yeah, Wednesday, 7 p.m.? Yes. And it's going to be here at Baldwin High School. It's at Baldwin against Plainview, so please come out. I know uh, all of Nassau County will be there, but uh, please get all the students out. You know, um, I love our crowd. I love our fans. You guys get us going. You definitely get me going. I love it. All right. Appreciate you being on the show. And go Bruins. I appreciate it, guy.